Talk of the Town with topics that matter. Here's Lisa Kay. It's time for Talk of the Town. And once again, we spend some time with our friends from the Mankato Clinic. Marie Wood is in with us. Nice to see you. Thank you for coming in. Good to see you, Lisa. What a good day this is. Uh, And it's a good time to talk about National Diabetes Awareness Month. Yes. Which you alerted me to this. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I see things popping up and popping up. And we know I even had Renee Mays on here uh, talking about the bowling event that's coming up um, this coming weekend. So we're looking forward to that. And that has all to do with diabetes. Yes, it does. And then today um, we are here from the Diabetes Care Center. So we've got um, Han Wen Vassilar here. She's a nurse practitioner. And she knows all about diabetes. All right. Well, the perfect person to have in from the medical community. Han, welcome. And thank you so much for stopping by. Hi. Yes. Thank you for having me here. First of all, tell me how long you've been with Mankato Clinic. Well, I'm actually fairly new. I started in June, started seeing patients in July. So basically a few months. Wow. Well, welcome. Thanks for uh, showing up and taking care of our community. Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Now, when we talk about diabetes, how long have you been working with this particular specialty? Um, So prior to coming to Mankato, I worked as an RN in Sioux Falls. Um, I worked in the endocrine clinic there for eight years, Um, decided I wanted to go back and get my uh, doctorate as a nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. and knew I wanted to go into endocrinology and here I am. What's the difference between specializing in something else and endocrinology, if, if it's a big word for some people, what does that mean? So endocrinology is really just the study of hormones. Um, the main what things that you think about is diabetes, thyroid disorders, and any other hormonal disorders that you could think of there. It's really what the, the specialty is. Okay. And so do you focus on diabetes or as a, as a nurse practitioner then do you see everybody uh, with all sorts of different endocrine issues? So I do see both. Um, I can see anybody with diabetes, the endocrine side of things can get kind of um, hairy at times so I just like to see them uh, their chart note beforehand and then just say yes or no on it I only um, said no to a few people really right right. and so with diabetes uh, awareness month happening right now I think one of the biggest questions that people have that maybe don't have any experience with diabetes in their particular family is what is it and I know there are two different types type one and type two Uh, let's start with what is diabetes So diabetes is basically a metabolic issue. It's um, how your body breaks down carbohydrates and turns that into energy. And the way we get to that energy is we have the hormone called insulin. That helps our cells get to it and um, our pancreas makes the um, insulin. Um, The type 1, type 2 has to do with a few factors. One factor is how much your pancreas is making for insulin, and the other factor is how our body responds to insulin. Um, Type 1 is where your body is not producing any insulin whatsoever. Um, Something triggered it for your body to attack its own pancreas where it does not produce any insulin anymore. Um, It could be a viral um, um, thing or something else. We're not really quite sure what triggers it. However, those patients are um, ones that have to be on insulin for the rest of their life. They're basically insulin dependent. Um, Type 2 is um, a mixture of both of them. Um, So your pancreas is still making insulin. However, you have to produce more and more insulin to have the same effect. 
So that's what we call insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tied to a few other things, like basically um, how much weight you've gained and um, what kind of foods you're eating. Um, anything that basically um, makes it um, harder for your insulin to work as well. So um, that's what we call insulin resistance, and your body's just uh, pancreas is just making more and more, and it just can't keep up. At some point, your pancreas just gets tired, so it starts producing less insulin. Um, and that's where a lot of people who've been on the same medications for years and years and years are starting to see that, um, that it doesn't work as well. And that's why diabetes tends to be a progressive issue because um, as we get older, we naturally, um, our pancreas doesn't work as well. And we just need more medications to help bring our blood sugars down. Uh-huh. Can we go back to type 1 for a moment? And you said that you may need to be on insulin for the rest of your life. Um, I know when uh, talking to some of the folks like like Renee, and he he was telling me about you know sending kids to camp. When I think about type one, um, what would be as a parent? What would be somebody's clue that maybe my child has type one diabetes? Do you just develop this all of a sudden? Are you born with it, or you know can you be eight years old and all of a sudden find out you have it, but you didn't know why? How how does that work? You usually aren't born with it. Again, it's like some sort of trigger that happens that we're not all, um, we don't quite understand. But usually the biggest thing is we call it the three Ps, the polydipsia, polyuria, polyphagia, meaning you start urinating fat more and more often. You go to the bathroom a lot more and, and you're eating more and you're drinking a lot of fluids, but you don't feel good. So you're vomiting too. And then um, basically you feel very ill okay. and it can be very sudden too. Um, if you notice these things in your kids, definitely just have them come and check it out. Or yourself as an adult, I would assume, yes. I mean, if, if it can come on at any time. Right, exactly. It can happen at any time as an adult as well. Um, so if you have any of those symptoms, come in and have it checked out. Um, usually, a lot of times these things are found out in the ER, but it doesn't have to be. If you catch it early enough, we can have, have it checked out earlier than soon, but later. Right, right. And so if um, if you're type 2 then, how does that present in the beginning? How do we see that? I remember when I was pregnant, they were talking about you know, like pre-diabetes and things like that. Uh, or had it, There was something with, when I was pregnant. You, gestational diabetes. Gestational diabetes. Thank you. Lost the word there. Is that the same type of thing or is that... Um, so gestational diabetes and type 2 are different because gestational diabetes, the reason why you have that is because your hormones are basically competing with the insulin hormone and making oh. it harder for it to work. So um, it only happens while you're pregnant. And sometimes if you um, you have to be on medications and sometimes you have to be on insulin, but on other times you could just be controlled with diet. And usually that goes away if you didn't have diabetes beforehand. However, if you already had diabetes and you get gestational diabetes, chances are you'll continue to have diabetes. Okay. Um, with um, type 2 diabetes and how it presents, it's it's more gradual because of that insulin resistance that we talked about and how your pancreas just has to make more and more insulin and all of a sudden your blood sugar is just creeping up, um, your diet and exercise routine isn't working as well, or maybe the meds that you were on previously aren't working as well either. Okay. And so if you have it in your family, type 2 diabetes, do you have a greater chance? Or if even if you have type 1 diabetes, do you have a greater chance? Is it hereditary, anything like that? Yep, it certainly is, actually. So there's a strong hereditary um, 
factor there. Also, if you had gestational diabetes and then you had your baby, but you went back to being normal, mm -hmm. um, there's a higher chance of you getting uh, diabetes down the line. And also your baby would also have a higher chance of getting diabetes when they grow up. All right. What is the best way if you are concerned about type 2 diabetes or this pre-diabetes? How do we, when should we be concerned about it? So if you're concerned about it, definitely just talk to your provider and have them check what we call a hemoglobin A1C. Um, that's what I usually call as your diabetic report card, or basically <laughs> it's like um, it checks to see the um, your blood sugar average over the last three months. So if they check that and it gets to a certain level, um, it would show that you're pre-diabetic. And pre-diabetes just sounds like it. what it is. It's diabetes before you get diabetes, basically. Oh, okay. Great. Something to be concerned about then. Um, I have, and I was going to ask you about um, diet and exercise then. I know some people can control types of diabetes, so it's probably type 2, right, with changing their diet and exercise, losing weight, things like that? Yep, yep, yep. There are ways to slow down the progression of it, and that is the diet and exercise you're ta we're talking about. So in some cases, yeah, you can cure it where you don't have to be on medications anymore, and that um, means like watching your diet so you don't eat so many carbs limiting that amount and then um like simple things also not drinking so much pop switching that out for water um you're hurting a lot of people here <laughs> i know i know right? it's tough right but we have to take care of ourselves right. so we have to know those things i know that um i had read an article about somebody claiming to um having to take diabetic medication is that is that insulin is that what we're talking about if they if they fast and they don't want to take the medication anymore are, are they taking insulin already or what it, what is that what kind of medication would they be on i heard um somebody was talking about intermittent fasting and and i don't want to take my diabetes medication for type i think it was type 2 and they said if i fast i can is that just a weight loss thing can you can re you reverse it is what i'm i guess i'm asking to not have to take the medication there are ways to reverse type 2 diabetes, okay. right? Um, and diet and exercise are the main things there. And really, if your A1C turns back to normal and you're off of all your diabetic medications, that's what we call like a reversal of diabetes. Does that happen very often? Not very often, yeah. but it does happen. Okay. It's possible then. It is possible. Huh. I guess the best way is to not get there in the first place. It is, but <laughs> I, I like to point out the fact that there are are things that you can control, which is diet and exercise and mitigating some of your risks like heart heart disease and um, if you're not drinking any alcohol or limiting your alcohol intake, not smoking, that kind of stuff. That can be really hard on your body. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of things that you can't control, like your family history or your age. I mean, as you get older, you your pancreas doesn't work as well. Um, and then your ethnic... Um, Race also, people who are uh, Southeast Asian descent, African American, Hispanic, Latino, are at higher risk for diabetes than oh, I did the not know that. Population. Do we know why? Or I don't know. I huh. think it has some mix to do with um, diet and culture, really. Oh, we'll be right back on Talk of the Town. Mankato Clinic nurse practitioner Han in with us. She's from the Diabetes Care Center. And Han, something like this type of month that comes up where Diabetes Awareness Month is what we're talking about and uh, being aware of, uh, of your health. When people come and visit you uh, at Mankato Clinic, do they have, are you managing both types 
of diabetic folks? I mean, the, the, what's the management of type 1 versus type 2? That can be complicated. And I can't really <laughs> tell you that all in one boat that everybody is the same because it's really a lot to do with lifestyle. And then also has to do with their prognosis, meaning if they're type 1 or type 2. Okay. So I can't really narrow that down other than the fact that um, sometimes when you're a type 1, you can actually have type 2 on top of it or the insulin really? resistance on top of it. And that changes things a little bit because sometimes we could start adding other medications that are, are not quite FDA approved, but like I've shown to improve um, people that are type 1 diabetics as well. But that's only in certain cases. How do you have type 1 on top of type, just like a double whammy? Yes. So so type 1, remember, is just your in, pancreas isn't making any mm-hmm. insulin. However, you have that added thing of where there's insulin resistance, meaning you've probably gained some weight, um, you're not eating quite as healthy, um, that kind of stuff. So we could add other medications to help with the insulin resistance and um, the unhealthy diet. Well, we can work with that, you with that, that too. I've seen a lot of people, a lot more people, I think, um, because I've got a couple of coworkers that have issues and they're wearing these monitors now that are on their arms. Can you tell me a little bit about those and what those do? Yep, so those are called, we call continuous glucose monitoring systems, or CGM is what we call. Um, those things just sit on your arm. They, they usually look kind of like a few stacked quarters. Um, they will continuously monitor your blood sugar without you having to poke your finger. So those things are very useful because like, they not only tell us the picture frame that a finger poke does, but it tells us the trend of what happens when you eat, what happens when you go to sleep, and what happens when you go and do some exercise? So it it's a learning tool for not only the patient, but also for us to see what areas do we need to work on and what areas do we need to um, address, basically. Um, so for some people, like it's maybe they're taking too much insulin, they're dropping way too low, and we need to back off on the dosage a little bit. Hmm. Um, or in some cases, patients are on um, a couple of medications and we can see they're high across the board. So we have to start adding more medications to it. Um, and then sometimes for people, when they see their blood sugar, they're like, oh, that's what happened when I ate a donut. <laughs> sure. I think that's probably what I've heard the most from the people that I know that have them on. Like, oh, the monitor's not going to like this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a learning tool for them. And basically, for me, I describe it as being able to ride a bike but with your eyes open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that would be helpful, right? Um, what am I not asking? What what kind of questions do you have that um, you receive from patients that you feel like need to be addressed during this Awareness Month? I think there's a lot of guilt that happens with diabetes where they feel like everybody's here to judge me or that I'm on this medication because I'm a failure in life. Because That's, I ate too much. I couldn't control my weight or I couldn't control my exercise. That exactly, kind of thing. Exactly. I can see that. It, and we're really not here to tell you you've been bad and you need to work on this. It's really what we're doing is we're just trying to work with where you at and um, trying, to, trying to get you to um, work towards some of your goals and like just to be here to help navigate through that because there is new technology out there. There is new medications out there. I think the world of diabetes has pretty much exploded in the last five years mm-hmm. for medications and tools and whatnot. And we're just here to help you na- navigate through that so that you could figure out where you want to be and how to get there. That technology that I was talking about with the, the thing on your arm, I've noticed that my friend that has uh, one of those monitors had said, 
I've noticed how many people have them now. Yep, yep. So the coverage for those are a lot better now. Um, I would think um, if you don't have one or you want to try it, we can definitely arrange that for you. Or um, or or if you even if you have questions, then um, if your insurance would cover it, we could definitely help you out on that as well. Which leads to my next question is when when do we know that we need to see you? I know you mentioned some of the, the warning signs before. And how do we get to somebody that specializes in diabetes? Do we need to be referred or are we just coming to see you as a, our, our nurse practitioner? Um, is that something that you would bring to your, your primary care provider? Yes. So you can be referred by your primary care provider or you could just give us a call to see what next steps need to happen for that. Um, we also offer cat classes too if you just don't want to sit with a, um, a, a, a formal provider a visit and we could teach you more about diabetes and what that means for you and just to go through a few things that you haven't um, learned about already. Right. And Marie, how do we get in touch with you for those classes and things like that that might be happening mm-hmm. in the Diabetes Care Center? Well, the Diabetes the diabetes Care Center's phone number is 385-4114. And you can always go on mankidoclinic.com and search Diabetes Care Center and you'll find a list of all the classes and the services that are available. And the providers so we can find Han if we want to come and see yes. her. <laughs> Han is on there and several other nurse practitioners and diabetes educators and a registered dietitian. So it seems like a whole comprehensive program taking care of the whole entire patient. Mm-hmm. And then they work closely with other specialists in the clinic as well as obviously the primary care provider. What a wealth of information that we have today, Han. Thank you so much for coming in. I certainly appreciate it. Did we miss any info that you wanted to give out and make sure that people uh, are aware of as we end our time together? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot there. Good deal. That's a good conversation. Nice and deep. And Marie, thank you so much once again for bringing us providers from Mankato Clinic to uh, give us a little more information. Always nice to have some experts in the studio. I know. Well, thank you, Lisa, for always inviting us in. Well, we'll see you next month for Talk of the Town.